0: Grab your hard seltzer, a glass of wine, or a shot of tequila. It's time for Girl Talk. Let's get real. Welcome, everyone. This is episode 16, and today we have a very special guest that we're super excited about. We have Brian Hamlin joining us through Skype, so I apologize if the sound isn't exactly perfect, but um, Brian actually is a good friend of mine. We met shortly before Cheryl and I did in Michigan, so we've been friends for a very long time. Brian is here today to bring us the male perspective of divorce, and you can follow him on TikTok at Brian M. Hanlon. He has wonderful messages, but he also brings um, the male perspective to divorce topics, very hard topics. So welcome, Brian. We're very happy to have you. Um, we are very, very thankful that you're joining us and that you agreed to this. From everything that we're seeing on social media, especially Instagram, there tends to be a one gender owns all the pain associated with divorce and it's all directed at males. And we oftentimes forget that there are a lot of males out there that are hurt just as badly um, from the women in their lives that just that destroy them. And we want to um, give them a voice as well. And if that's through you, you know, that's even
1: better.
2: You know, I love that because a lot of guys growing up, you know, how I grew up, it was, you don't show your emotions. If you do, you're a sissy.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: Oh, so there's that stigma that just has to be broken.
0: Real men don't cry. Yep, We just talked about that in yeah. our last episode. I've seen so many men. I follow, um, It used he used to be called F Divorce. I'm not really sure. I think now he's changed it to his official name. But he started, I started following when he first got started. And Even though he was a male giving his perspective, like all of his followers were female, even the males that had gone through divorce and needed a voice, which was what he was being, he wasn't even getting them as an audience. Hmm. And so he kind of changed his, his tone to be more reflective of the female side of divorce. And I thought it was such an opportunity. Like he, he was, he was standing on this huge edge and about to give the male perspective of divorce and because the audience just wasn't there and so many males were afraid to step up and own it and speak out he lost that audience and started ha- of course its business started having to please the audience that he could build which was the female perspective
2: you know there's a lot to be said about that because i, I did that video about being a catfish and, yeah and somebody's I can't believe how many people commented on that uh, with, you know, women get it a hundred times more uh, worse than you do. And I think, you know, why, why diminish what I'm going through? Why, why anybody, you know, and, and so it's, and oftentimes they would come back and say, oh, you know what, I didn't think about it that way. when I explained my point of view and it kind of changes the momentum of the conversation.
1: And, and they're probably just projecting their experience onto you because if they were hurt by a man, then they assume that their pain is more valid than yours.
2: But that's not fair to you because you're putting yourself out there. 100%. Yep, yeah, it is a lot of projection. And you know, I do it too. I project too. Oh yeah, we
1: all do. Everybody does, right? We, we all do. Do. have to. But you have to be able to to own it once you realize that you do
2: it. Yeah, I agree. Because you guys hear that dog. <laughs>
1: Okay,
0: well, why don't we just jump right in and we'll start with your story, um, Brian Hamlin. And you came up with the hashtag Brian Hart, correct?
2: Yep. I had a a good friend that came up with it.
0: Okay. Love it, by the way. Absolutely love it. because. It goes right along with your theme on TikTok. Like everything you say is from the heart. And I absolutely love your messages.
2: Oh, thank you. And it
0: also speaks
1: to the heart as well. So Definitely.
2: Thank you. The, yeah. The emotion uh, is
1: very obviously real. You can tell that in your videos.
2: You know, it's like I, I have a hard time putting out fake stuff because I know that people can see right through that.
1: Oh, oh definitely.
0: Yeah. And they'll eat you alive.
2: A hundred percent they'll eat exactly. me alive. Yep. A hundred percent. Yeah, I think that hashtag's got like 11.8 million views on it, which is awesome.
1: I love that. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah.
1: Is there a story about how that came to be?
2: Uh, Yeah, you know, I was just looking for a hashtag or actually some merch, which I I have some some merch, but it's old and I haven't done anything with it. And I have a good friend. um, It's like we've known each other for like 25 years. And he just said, you know, you should call it Brian Hart. I'm thinking, oh. That's awesome. So we talked about why it should be Brian Art, and you know, just uh, it just kind of clicked, and and we went with it. That's so awesome. a big story, but
0: no, but it, it fits perfectly. It, does, it fits with it fits with your message, and it also fits with how we perceive it
1: and how yeah. we see it in. And I think it's not that it's not meaningful if you don't come up with it, but it's even more meaningful if a friend comes up with it because they obviously see that in you.
2: Yeah, and you know, I had a hard time with it because it had my name in it. And huh. so I didn't want to do that because it had my name in it. And I thought, you know, that's conceited and and nobody wants that. And so, you know, for, for 20 years, I was convinced that uh, I was a narcissist. And so that played into it also. And because so- you were told that. I was told that. I actually wrote my kids a letter apologizing for being a narcissist.
0: And I've known this man for 15 plus years, there is nothing in, and, and I say this from the bottom of my heart. I've never got any inkling whatsoever, anything towards being a narcissist. Hmm.
2: And your feelers the, are out there. Yeah. Oh, trust it. me.
0: I, I mean, literally been married twice before. Yeah. I have, you know, I have was raised with a dad who was very abusive, abusive and narcissistic. So I know what a narcissist is and I never ever even got an inkling of that from you. So, and I didn't even know that you were being accused of that all those years that we were good friends had no idea. And had I known, I, I don't, I don't want to say, cause hindsight's 2020 plus. I I don't want to say that because I was friends also with your ex-wife that I would have stepped up and said something, but I feel like I would have. I feel like because I loved you so much and because I thought so highly of you that I would have said, oh, dear God, no. Like, I, I feel like I would have told you that sooner.
2: And you know what? It's, thank you. And what's interesting is that we never know how somebody's being torn up on the inside. You know, it's like- be as
0: close get... as we are.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll never forget the time my ex-mother-in-law stood in my kitchen and she looked at me and she said, you know- you you don't deserve to live with your kids forever. They deserve better than you. And, and that was like that wow. fed into uh, my anxiety, feeling like I wasn't good enough, like I wasn't a good dad. And so and it's funny because it came so natural for her to say. And it's natural for for people to say that that are controlling, that are abusive. And not only that, but they've been abused so much in their life. They haven't dealt with it themselves.
1: Right. So the only way they know is, is to either let it consume them or they turn it outward and yeah. project it onto someone else.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it goes right back to the projection.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Plus I always got the feeling from that situation that as long as they're as long as you were easily controlled and as long as you were easily manipulated and went along with the go with the flow type of thing, everything was okay. But and maybe that had to do with beating you down with the whole narcissistic thing and labels that you you shouldn't have owned at all. Um, But the minute you did get bold and the minute you did step out and take up for yourself and or your situation, that was when the issue like that's when they couldn't handle it.
2: Absolutely. The control was taken from them. And also just the shit hit the fan at that point.
0: Hmm, I wonder who's the narcissist right
2: you know it it, right and it took me a lot of years you know lots of counseling to figure out no i wasn't the narcissist what it was is there was some reactive abuse i was Mm -hmm. pushed and pushed and pushed to the edge so i just blew up yeah Mm -hmm. just exploded and it's so easy for people to do that's been pushed to the edge and then all of a sudden what the narcissist does is they say look at him look how abusive he is yeah absolutely I, I, i know that i think I think Cindy got it on. She recorded. uh, I was pushed and pushed and pushed, and she recorded me just yelling. And she goes, "Look at how abusive you are." Oh man, you're right. Horrible. You know, like what am I doing? So it's the reactive abuse is something that's real, and it's and it's horrible. So
0: real. No, go ahead. No, I was gonna. I was gonna say that that breaks my heart because I. Like, I can't imagine how, well, I can, but how awful that must have been. You're literally pushed to that point. You can't hold it in anymore. You finally let it out because you have, it's either that or, you know, destroy yourself.
2: Exactly. You
0: finally let it out and then that's used against you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's insane.
1: Yeah. But then I've been in that exact same situation and I don't know if it's the same for you, but then I beat myself up over it because I was so weak already that the easiest thing for me to do was just beat myself up. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe that I lost control. Mm-hmm. I can't, I'm awful. I'm, I'm abusive. Here I am blaming him for everything, but I'm actually just as guilty because I'm doing it. But I didn't realize it was reactive at the time. I just thought, well, I'm just as bad as he is.
2: Yeah. It do- isn't it amazing how we destroy ourselves when that happens, like mm-hmm. all the stuff that comes back in our lives. Like if you're a religious, all of a sudden, now you've got the religious abuse that's coming down on you. You've got family members. You're thinking to yourself, man, I'm mental. And it's not the case at all.
0: Yeah.
2: You snapped because you were pushed. That's mm-hmm. all.
0: Yeah, no, I, I fully agree. And I've talked about in the, in the podcast about how whenever I went through my divorce, it was, I lost my religion. Cause you know, Especially single women, you know. I was I was suddenly a a divorced LDS woman, which was a big thing. But
2: I started oh, that's a no no.
0: Yeah, I started losing my religion and my my ward family. You know, all these people who, because we surround ourselves, as you know, with Mm -hmm. our church. Right. And then when they don't want anything to do with us, well, what do you have? And then we were because we hid everything and on the outside looked like that picture perfect poster Mormon family. When we announced our divorce or when people found out about our divorce, that was the thing that they, my family couldn't believe it. And it had to be me because I was the one with the past. I was the one with the history.
1: Exactly. So it had
0: to be me. I had to be the one that caused it. Right. It couldn't be him. Yep. And so I, it was like, it was bad enough. I was dealing with the divorce, but now I'm dealing with all this other bullshit that, you know, I'm putting out all these other fires that are threatening to burn me down.
2: Right. Yeah. People are thinking, you know, did you cheat on your husband? Uh, were you abusive to your husband? Same thing with me. Who did you cheat with? Nobody. Then why are you getting a divorce? Well, it's a two-way street. Yeah. You know, sure. Do I own them some things? Absolutely I do. Could I have done things differently? 100%. Um, but it's not that it's not that way. It's 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 literally in the religious family it's pointing fingers and it's very, very judgmental. And yeah. that's something that really has to be addressed and really has to be noticed, uh, in the religious world. You know, we, we claim about not being judgmental. We claim about bringing people in and having a place for them to feel welcome and worshiped, but their own member, their own members, the family, uh, they're destroyed and it sucks.
1: I'm really familiar with Vina's story as as the church goes did you feel as ostracized as a man going through divorce
2: yeah and you know the reason why is because uh, my ex-mother-in-law she she would go to the church and just complain about me not only that but i moved to different to a different what we call them wards and she called my bishop in that ward uh, wow. and just just condemned me i just it was horrible it was horrible so you know the only thing that i could think of is i don't go anymore You know, you want to go to a church, you want to go to a religious setting to feel good about yourself, not to feel like you're a piece of crap. And so when that happens, my advice to anybody is to stop going.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Because going to church doesn't make you better than the next guy at all.
1: Right. Exactly. No, it's supposed to fill your cup up. And if it doesn't do that, then it's not serving its purpose.
2: A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you don't believe any less. It doesn't mean that that your views have changed. It means, you know, I'm in an area that I'm being abused, and I don't want to stand for that anymore. Right. You stand up, and you just don't do it anymore.
0: Only, you know, you could understand this, but then when you stop going, then from those same people who are driving you away, basically, and giving you, you know, no option for your own sanity, especially since you're going through a divorce and you're watching your family fall apart— now they're trying to say, well, you know, in this dark hour, it don't, you know, church is what you need the most Exactly.
1: What? where you walk through the door and feel yeah. and awful about yourself. Okay.
0: <laughs> like I, I felt, I felt literally batshit crazy because yeah. I would yeah. go and be judged like hell. No one would talk to me. My own bishop yeah. wouldn't even stick out his hand. You know, my son, my son yeah. said one time we sat down, he goes, Mom, how come when we walk into sacrament, Bishop doesn't you know shake your hand like he does everybody else? And my son, my 16-year-old son asked that. And I was like, Yeah, I noticed that too, babe.
1: Uh, yeah,
0: you know. But then whenever I went to him and asked him for help with my ex, he was like, Well, I noticed that you aren't coming as much anymore. And I was like, son of a bitch, you like think. <laughs> You won't yep. even talk to me or shake my hand. Right. But then you're going to ridicule
1: me for not coming more. Like you're doubly judged.
2: Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
1: You're damned nope. if you do, you're
2: damned if you mm-hmm. don't. Uh, 100%. And then they use the line nobody can push you away. That's your choice.
0: Right. You don't go to church for the people.
2: Yeah. And you know orderly. what? You're right. It, yeah. It's my choice. Bye. Yeah. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Exactly. I it. That's right. Yeah.
0: Well, let me ask you, Brian, from a male perspective, because we've, we've given ours, what are some of the stereotypes that you have experienced through this whole divorce process that perhaps is significant to the male?
2: You know, it's, it's funny because what, what people look at automatically is how many times has she been beaten? How oh. hard you abuse her to make her leave? It's it's did you verbally abuse her? Did you punch her? Did you push her down? I mean, did you rape her while you were married? All those things. And they look at the guy uh, as the aggressor in most of it. And what's interesting, I've got you know, we were investigated by CPS twice because we have foster kids or we did have foster kids. Any foster child that gets hurt in your care, there's an investigation. And so we had one with a broken leg, and then we and then he went, and then he had cancer. So we're investigated and we got these amazing reviews. Like they interviewed the kids, they interviewed the neighbors, they interviewed everything. They go, they do. It's really invasive. So here I am with these amazing reviews saying Brian's an amazing dad. You know, it's like the kids run to him, uh they they love him. And, and we seriously, there was like, we have no issue with Brian. As a matter of fact, we wish there were more guys or dads like Brian. And, and I'm reading this. It doesn't matter. I even presented that in the court and it was just kind of pushed away. And so it's, it, you know, the stereotype is the male is the aggressor. In my case. that's yeah. the
0: No, is. I think that, I think that's across the board, Brian.
2: Yeah.
0: I, I, I think it's across the board. That automatically in a divorce, and this is why I said what I said in the post today. Pain from divorce and and trauma from divorce is individualized. One mm-hmm. gender does not own that, and all too often, as I mean, I, I'm from a family where divorce is very r- rampant and very you know it, it happens a lot, and. I'd say nine times out of 10, the, the mom in court is the, the the winner. You know, she's the one that gets the custody and it's a, the dad is guilty until proven innocent.
2: Yeah. hundred percent.
0: And it, all the onus is on him to prove that he is worthy of that custody and everything that, you know, right. she is asking for, or the accusations that she's making against him. It it all lies on him to prove that he isn't that man. And I, I don't think that that's fair. I, I honestly don't, I wish, I wish we could change that. I really do because I saw my brother go through it. I've seen, you know, many men in my family go through that. And it's just automatic that the woman is the right one and the man is the wrong one.
2: You know, and, and it's sad because even when we were going through the divorce process, I I went and fought for custody for my kids. Just joint custody, because even though Cindy and I were 100% equal with custody, it wasn't even decided yet. It was, you can't see the kids, Brian. They don't even want to see you. And so she wouldn't let me see the kids. And I would have to say, you know, I'm going to take the cops, I'm going to go to the house, and I'm going to take the kids out for the day. And I didn't do that because a lawyer told me, Brian, that would look bad on on your end to do that you know, involving the cops, scaring the kids. I thought, you know what, he's probably right. So I go to court and fight for custody before the divorce is final. And uh, the judge goes, okay, this is the first time I've seen this, where the dad is is trying to fight for custody to see his children. And I had explained, this is how important my children are. It's not about me. It's not about her. It's about the kids. And and so what would happen is my teenage girls Uh, And Hunter would sneak to see me. Um, And they were afraid of the consequences from their grandmother because they were living with their grandmother at the time. They were terrified of the consequences. Uh, Even from their mom, they were terrified of the consequences. And so the two little boys who were adopted, there was virtually uh, no communication at all for months. Um, And at that point, I was sitting there realizing... I understand, why dads commit suicide. I get it. Yeah. You know, even moms. But on the dad end,
0: you alls rate is much higher. Oh,
2: for sure. Yeah, it it is. It is a suicide rate is out of control because, uh, typically, the moms take off with the kids, and they say, "No, I'm in charge. I've got all the rights." When in fact, they don't. It's an equal right. And now the dads are going
0: sometimes back
1: that.
2: They do. They absolutely do and yeah. society
1: definitely does i think it's it's more accepted by society if the mom withholds the children from their father as as vice versa
2: right and, and so you know it's even more devastating when you hear somebody that you were in love with for 20 years saying your kids don't even want to see you which which isn't true it's just something to to kind of make me back off
0: i i honestly don't get that. Like I, as bad as it got between me and my ex in the divorce and it, it got bad. It got really, really bad. I never once used my kids as a pawn because number one, he and I loved each other for 20 years. Right. He and I created these three beautiful human beings. That is their father. I never spoke ill of him. I never, you know, I would, if I did have to say something, you know, I was careful how I worded it so they would have an understanding, but I wasn't bad mouthing him at the same time Mm -hmm. because they're little human beings that are still learning and they hurt so easily. And their spirit spirit is so easily broken at that age. They don't have the brain comprehension that we do. Mm -hmm. And so when we as full grown ass adults use those kids as pawns in a divorce for an adult relationship that we weren't big enough to handle ourselves. Yeah. That's sick. That's
2: just totally sick. sick. Yep. And I feel
1: like out of all my friends, I, I know that have gone through divorce. That's more the norm that the children are used as pawns because I, I can tell you, I don't even know how many, plenty of stories where that's the case. And I can tell you, I can count on one hand how many friends I have that have a healthy co-parenting relationship. Yeah. And did not put the children in that situation, whether they were little or teenagers, whatever the case.
2: Yeah. So what a lot of people don't realize is when a parent talks bad about the other parent, the kids internalize that and they say and they think, okay, I'm half of that person. And they internalize that and think that is a personal attack on them. Yeah. Not intended by the other parent at all, whether it's the man or the woman. They're attacking their children. They feel attacked. And it was very interesting to hear that and to figure that out and find that out from a therapist. And they said, this is why you don't attack the other parent, because the kids feel that attack. And now they feel like something's wrong with them.
1: Yeah. And they're defensive of both parents. They They really are. are. Well, and, and from the point when they're little, I mean, how many times do we tell our friends' kids, "Oh, you're you're just like your dad. Yeah. Oh, you're just like your mom." Yeah. And and so then when they hear those bad things, they're like, "Wait, well, if I'm just like him or I'm just like her, does that mean I am that?" And of course, that can
2: destroy them. A hundred percent. Yeah.
1: But on a positive
0: note, the the two boys there, y'all do have. You are able to see them now, correct?
2: Yep. So I see them only every other weekend. I used to FaceTime them every single day. Uh, Cindy took that away and she said, okay, it will be a phone call. And just three weeks ago, it was, you can only talk to them every Thursday for about 10 minutes. Uh, And then we see each other every two weeks. Mm -hmm. So it's devastating. And you look at that and it's like, I I picked up Kylie to actually take Kylie to the doctor's day. and, And she's 16 and I took her home. To her moms, and the boys just come and running out at me, and they throw themselves on me, and and there's Lucas just climbing up me like a monkey, Mm -hmm. and Lincoln's I'm holding on to him right here, and Cindy came out, and the only thing I could say is, do you want this to go away? You know, it's like it's it it it's not about her, it's not about me.
1: But she's making it about
2: her, which is so unfair to the boys. 100%. And that and that we find that often in relationships. Uh, That have ended. We find that either the man is doing that or the woman is doing that, and it's so destructive to those kids.
0: Oh, extremely. And Mm -hmm. and you can't see past someone who can't see past their blind rage to the point where they can't see that they're hurting a child is is it's mind boggling to me. Like I I think the the face of a child and and my kids were what stopped me from a lot of. I mean, I was angry angry yeah. at X for what he did to our family. Yeah. But seeing them and their presence being there stopped me from a lot of the vindictive shit that I thought about. And I'm a woman, so I could think of some really good stuff. I mean, I could have yeah. destroyed him yeah. and don't think that I didn't like plan it all out. But my kids stopped me. Yeah. And thank, thank God I have that ability to, I have the ability to see them and there's that, okay, that, that switch goes off.
2: Exactly. And
0: really not, not everyone does.
2: Not everyone does. You know, there was a brain injury that was involved on their mom's end. And so there's manipulation that can be easily done on on that part. And so it's, it's hard when there's somebody in the family uh, that recognizes that. And we'll play on that big time.
1: Oh, Um, yeah.
2: Very destructive. Very, very, very destructive. And what that other person doesn't realize that's doing all the bad talking is the kids don't like them. They just don't. You know, it's like if I was bashing Cindy all the time, if I was doing all this bad talking, they would have nothing to do with me. They would say, I don't want to hang out with you. I don't want the negativity. You know, don't talk about my mom that way. And so, and it's interesting because at first I didn't realize I was doing that when the divorce first happened and I did. And, and we had a, we had a serious conversation, uh, the girls and I, and they looked at me and they're like, dad, you got to stop, man. You just got to stop. Whether you realize it or not, the things that you're saying, it's negative towards mom and we still love her. And I had to take a long, hard look at that, even though in my mind, I was like, I wasn't saying anything wrong. There were certain words that would trigger them. And and now it's my responsibility to say, oh, shit, you're mm-hmm. right. And, and not give any explanation, but say, I'm sorry for the pain I caused you. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I've had to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely.
2: I think it's I humbling.
0: It is very humbling. It is, <laughs> it, is, it is. It is very. When you have when your kid says that and you have that moment with your kid, it is like, Wow. Yeah. yeah it's like looking into um you know the on uh the never ending story there's that where he where a tray looks into or that looks into that one mirror that where you see your true self oh
1: yeah when yeah,
0: a yeah. yeah when a child says that like that is the ultimate looking into the mirror and seeing your true self you're like oh shit yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I, I feel like there's few people that know you to your core as much as your kids do. And so when you go through something like that, they can call you out on it. Where, whereas most other people don't have the ability to see that.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And my kids are really good at calling me out on it. I think they think it's a game.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Have you met my kids?
2: (laughs) Your kids are awesome.
0: Oh yeah. They're awesome. (laughs) They're awesome. Smart asses. (laughs) I
1: don't know where they would
2: get that from. I don't know. <laughs>
0: Mine too. I mean, clearly that apple fell way far away from the tree. So, <laughs> must be their dad's side of
2: yeah.
0: uh, Every time they're like that, I'm like, mm, you get that from your dad's side. Again.
2: No. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's funny.
0: Well, so, it. I mean, I, I was going to ask you if things are, you know, getting better, but Clearly, with the, the younger two, you know, things are, you know, still in a little bit of turmoil or whatever, but.
2: You know, it's it's interesting uh, because there's so many bad things that are still said about me. There was actually a relationship that was destroyed. Um, but I think I sent you that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, by Cindy's sister. Um, and, you know, we're going after her for that. Uh, there's, a, there's a point in your life where you decide, I'm not sitting down and I'm not taking it anymore.
0: Uh, Good.
2: So, you know, what we did is is I contacted TikTok's legal team and I said, listen, I've got videos that are being reported, and I make money on these videos. What's the repercussions? They said $5,000 a video that's been taken down because somebody's reported you. And so it's like, well, we let her know. And and I let her, you know, I found her personal work email, uh, sent that to her work and said, hey, listen, this is what happened. This is what you did. I want you to know that I know who you are. And, uh, be prepared to become famous on TikTok, because I'm not going to stand down for it anymore. Good. And, Good. Yeah. Yeah. I, there comes a point where I believe everybody needs to stand up to that bully. You know? Oh,
1: absolutely. Yeah. And, and if they're so incessant that they can't stop and they're still trying to destroy you, at, I don't know how many years out from your divorce, but I know it's been a couple if yeah. they're still trying to do that to you, that there's, you have to shut them up somehow.
2: Yeah. Yep.
1: You have to, because if not, when will it stop? Right. You know? Yeah. There's no telling when it would stop.
2: So you, you really understand how psychotic people are when you realize that they make fake accounts just to find what you're doing, to stalk you, to, to you know, you've probably had it where your ex uh, sat outside your house. And watched you or watched you from a distance. Uh, you know, that's a true narcissistic thing. Uh, and it's dangerous, you know, it's like you fear for your life at that point.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: They in their mind, they're thinking, No, that's my family. I'm getting a Mac and there's nothing wrong with it. In your mind, you're like, Oh shit, is he gonna break into my house in the middle of the night? What's gonna happen?
1: Because and- you know that a narcissist like that has no limits. They really don't. They right. don't know their own. They don't know their own limits. Like no. think all yeah. they know is they've lost control of the thing they were supposed to have control over, and they will do anything to get that control back.
0: You knew my ex and
1: I, and and yep.
0: so you knew us well enough that I, I know that you understand how different this type of behavior is. But there was a point, like three months after maybe even less after our initial separation that I actually woke up in the middle of the night with him standing over me in the dark. And wow. that, I mean, it took me, you know, there was that split second of there's a stranger there yep. and I didn't have at the time didn't have any weapons in the house. Cause when he moved out, he took them all Yeah. And then realizing that it was him, he saw my fear and he was like, it's me, it's me. And then the anger sets in of you just broke into my house. I get that. You think this is still your house, but you chose to move out like that. I gave you an ultimatum and you made the choice to move out. And now you're going to do this Mm -hmm. to me. Like that was both of y'all knew him before. And that was not him. But whenever you're in that mode of, of, I'm losing my family and it might be my fault. Not everything is working properly. Not everything yeah. is thinking through properly. Yeah. And, you know, it has since gotten better and we now can communicate and, and co-parent grown children together, you know, as much as <laughs> we need to. But there was a year and a half where I I don't think there was a day that went by that I didn't cry multiple times out of fear and exhaustion and stress and I actually talked to your ex once she called and said whoa what happened like y'all left and everything was fine and what happened and I confided in her a little bit but we're we were such a private couple that I didn't even tell her everything and that probably came back to bite me in the butt as well as you know after that I noticed that she had unfriended me on all social media and everything Mm. so I I realized that Either those rumors that had started here had hit her or the assumptions had been made where, you know, it it was because of my past. It was clearly my fault type of thing.
2: Wow. Well, yeah, you know, there were there were things that were said that just kind of blew me away uh, from her and her mom. I mean, that were spread about you, which shocked the crap out of me. And and so I loved them. I was good to them. Like 100 percent. You did nothing wrong at all you're extremely nice
0: I feel that as a woman but I know that you feel that as a man as well
2: 100% like what's wrong with me you know you start thinking I'm fat I'm ugly yeah uh, you know I've got a bad attitude all of that so then it just goes into a downward spiral yeah
0: I'm not good enough Uh my past came back to haunt me
2: yep
1: all of that just you know swoops in and well, especially when you're married to a narcissist, because you're already so beaten down that you don't have much self worth as it is. So it's so easy to believe that it's your fault yeah. when those things happen. Oh yeah, I mean, let let's be honest. When your
0: husband or and or wife doesn't touch you in an intimate way for 18 months, I mean, that you, you start to wonder. But yet you're you're doing all the the fighting and all that. And it's like, well, why are we even married at this point? Like, well, I I could not be touched and single and not fight, you know? So, and that, those were the conversations I was trying to have with them. And it just went
2: nowhere. Just nowhere. Yeah. Nowhere. nowhere. Yep.
0: And, and still to this day, I don't have answers. I We're divorced and I'm remarried and whatever. But I still to this day don't have answers as to why
2: he didn't fight for me. For
0: us, I still don't
2: know. Yeah. It's it, it's so destructive.
0: Yeah. Because I don't beat him up, I beat myself
2: up. Absolutely. And that's that's the that's our nature, just to look inward at ourselves and to think how horrible we are. Yeah. And and, and then the other person, when they see that, they climb on top of that and they say, Well, you know, it's your choice to change or not. <laughs>
1: And then you're at your wits end, like, I don't know what else I can change. Yeah. I'm right? the one in therapy. I'm the one reading all the relationship books. I'm the one giving and giving and giving, like, I don't know what else to do, but you tell me I should do more. So what kind of piece of shit am I that I'm not doing this right? I, yeah. I just remember going on and on in my own head. Like, what am I missing here? What am I not doing right? Because obviously it's something or I wouldn't have yeah. this awful marriage.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's funny that we all pretty much experience the same thing.
2: Mm -hmm. Yep, we do.
0: Which proves my point that no one gender owns the pain and destructive nature of divorce. Yeah. Yeah. We, We just don't.
1: Which is interesting because when you hear about narcissism, it's so frequently pointed at men. But I wonder how much of that is because we've spent the last, I don't know how many decades trying to build our women up. We need strong women. And so do we have these narcissistic women who just kind of blend in and disguise themselves as strong women? And so therefore it's easier to point it out in a man. I don't, I don't know. I don't know.
0: My Instagram is telling her my Instagram uh, on all three accounts. Anytime that narcissism is brought up, which is a lot, because that seems to be the big trend right now.
2: Yep, yeah, it does.
0: It's all geared or directed towards the male. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything that talks about the female narcissist, and there are female narcissists.
2: A hundred percent.
0: Again. There's not it, one gender doesn't own that narcissism. It's just as prevalent among women, and perhaps maybe we disguise it as, like you said, as strength and empowerment. I'm an empowered, strong woman. What, whatever. I don't know the answer to that. Right. But it is definitely one
2: sided on social media. A hundred percent it is. Yeah. Okay. Very rarely will I see a man come on and say, "My ex was narcissist." It's I would probably say ninety percent of the females, and and it's funny because they label them my narcissist, and I'm no. thinking Why would you label <laughs> label somebody your own narcissist? Yeah. Just did this and my narcissist did that. Well, right. isn't that a little bit controlling? Yeah. So it, yeah. It's. You know, then you wonder, okay, how many women are narcissistic and how many men are? Which you know it's a huge number on both sides. And like you said, it's just an individual thing where it doesn't matter your gender at yeah. all.
1: Do you do you think that the men don't speak up because they've been raised with gender rules to be strong and to not show that type of emotion?
2: Absolutely. There's no question in my mind. You know, I I talk to so many men about this subject and it's, you know, I've got to be strong. I've got to be strong for my kids. I got to be strong, you know, for my family. I have to be strong for myself And, and what they they're right. They do have to be strong. But what they don't understand is strength doesn't mean bottling it up at all. And that's what happens until there's an explosion or a heart attack or an aneurysm or a stroke or something strength means letting it out and talking about it and asking for help yeah. that's what strength is and and it goes on both genders you know i think there's a lot of women that do that exact same thing it's like i can't cry in front of my kids well you know sometimes you just have to and yeah, and yeah. and you don't have to explain why but sometimes it just flows you know i'll, I'll never forget being in the car and not wanting to talk bad about the situation at all. And I look out the window and I just start crying. And my kids are, Dad, what's going on? Yeah, you know, just some things hit me and and we just continue. That's all. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I think it really, I think on the male side of it, yeah, we're taught to suppress our feelings, which leads to so many struggles. Depression, mm-hmm. anxiety.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah.
2: Just things. and then And then what happens, it presents itself in anger.
1: Yeah, I can see that. Oh, yeah. From, yeah. from both sides, yeah. but I can definitely. Both
2: sides, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, right. Not a gender thing. It's both sides.
0: But I, I think I think it's w- with me from my experience, it was, yeah, I wanted to be strong for my kids and I did a lot of closet crying and things like that. But in those <laughs> moments where I couldn't hold it back mm-hmm. and I did cry in front of my kids, way more acceptable oh, yeah. than had my ex. They have told me about the times that, you know, dad has broken down and cried in front of them, which is literally maybe one or two times, you know, type of thing and how shocking it was. Like they didn't know what to do type of thing.
1: Yeah.
0: And that breaks my heart too, because it's no matter what happened, he deserves to be able to show his emotion and have his emotion and get, get that out and share that with his kids. He has a story too. He should be able to share that with his, his children and be open and vulnerable. But with his family, very old school males, it, you know, literally if you chop your arm off, you know, we'll pick it up and let's shake it off and let's go to the, you know, hospital, get up <laughs> off the floor, pick it up and come on, you know, mm-hmm. type of thing. And with <laughs> the even more so, like we yeah. don't show emotions in that family. If we're a male. Right.
2: Yep. And typically they're old ranchers that are like that.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> that better. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you have any um any message or anything that you want to say to you know would like to share with people
2: you know yeah the message that i love to give is that nobody knows what you're going through i don't i don't know what you're going through you don't know what i'm going through i could say something derogatory towards you and it could set you over the edge and and you could end it because of that yeah you know there was a guy that I was helping out that did end it. Um, Somebody said something to him. They didn't realize his state of mind. And he just thought, you know what? I'm a burden. I had an uncle that, that, that ended it uh, because people didn't understand what he was going through, but still treated him like garbage, uh, family members. And, and that's what he wrote in his letter. It's like, you know, you don't know what I'm going through and this is why I did what I did. And, and so My message is always, you know, keep going. We don't know what each other's going through and to just always show that love. Always, always show the love. Now, showing love doesn't mean that you just stop and get your ass beat either. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes showing love is standing up for yourself and and almost whooping the other person's ass. So (laughs) that's
1: what it is. That ultimately is Mm -hmm.
2: self-love.
1: it's self-love to take care of yourself and to respect yourself that much, and I think that's a lesson I've learned
2: most. Yeah, yeah. The number one things that that my my boys and I tell each other is love yourself, then love others. Uh, yeah. Because relationships are always going to fail if we don't love ourselves ever, because we're oh. going to project all of our negative, all of our crap, everything that we've gone to, gone through onto other, other people. And so, I think if we love ourselves, then well, things actually kind of work out for us.
0: No, I 100% agree mm-hmm. with that. And I just want you to know, Brian, that number one, thank you for for giving us of your time and coming on here and sharing your story. And
2: are you kidding you, me? Thank you.
0: <laughs> you know that I absolutely adore you and always will. Always have a special place in my heart. I think that you are a wonderful person. I think that you are a wonderful friend. I think that you are a wonderful dad. And one day, who knows, going to be a wonderful man to a woman. But <laughs> I just want you to know that I, when I say that, I mean those things. Like, I've known you for a very long time. And I can honestly say that from the bottom of my heart and mean it.
2: Well, thank you. You're making me blush. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: I have not known you for a very long time. <laughs> However, I have watched a lot of your TikToks and a lot of your videos, and you can just tell how genuine they are and how much you really just want to open that door for everyone, but specifically for men and show them that it's okay to be vulnerable and it's okay to show those emotions. And I think that's so important. I don't know if you follow Justin Baldoni on tiktok but he is also trying to he's an actor he's also trying to share that message and i just think it's so important for men to see that it's okay to talk about your emotions and it's okay to be hurt and it's okay to cry and it's okay to open yourself Mm -hmm. up and so i appreciate that you're putting that voice out there
2: well thank you thank you i mean you guys are amazing and and vina it's like how many years have we known each other was it like over 15 yeah over 15. Yeah. So it's like it's like we can hide things so well, so well, nobody, nobody will know what we're going through. You hit it extremely well. Uh, I hit it extremely well. Um, and even Cindy hit it extremely well. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, I think I think the world of you. And, and when I heard that news, I was just shocked. Just yeah. Shocked, Just like you said, everybody was shocked. But it's like, okay, shit just happened. And yeah. and what can I do, right? It's like, if we had that attitude, I think, of what could I do? I think the world would just be better.
0: I fully agree with that. Me too. Fully agree with that. You don't have to pick sides in a divorce. Like, you honestly don't. You can be there and be a support and a friend and a loved one to both of them mm-hmm. who are hurting on different levels, same level, whatever, but you can be there for both people
1: yeah, and,
0: and not pick sides that it, it, all too often. We, we feel like when the separations and divorce happen that, okay, you get these friends, you get this family, you know, but
2: that's, God, I hate that.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you loved me, if you loved me during our marriage, I'm still that same person.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm still that same person. Exactly. And and what amazes me is, is they'll talk so much crap, so much crap, but they won't say all the good things that they used to say about you.
1: Yes, exactly. Nor will they ask. I encountered a lot of people who would talk crap or who would pick one side over the other, but never ask, like, what happened? Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Show concern, right? Right, Right. Right.
1: Right. Like this is not the Hunger Games. We're not choosing sides. We're not picking winners. We are human beings that have deep emotion tied into this. And how can you not just individually support people, especially if you've been friends with, with the couple for years and years.
2: Yeah. Just right. An extended family too. How important it is to, to kind of try to keep those relationships
1: Mm -hmm.
2: because the extended family, you're going to be there. You know, it's, Nothing you can do. You're tied to that family some way, somehow. And and no matter how hard you try to stay away, it's never, ever going to happen. You know, it's like Kylie had a powder puff game last week. So we go to the powder puff game and, uh, well, there's her grandparents sitting right there. Uh, Did I say hi? No. But do I wish there was a different relationship where we could all sit together and show Kylie uh, support together? <laughs> Absolutely, I do. Yeah. Absolutely, but I know that that's not the feeling on the other end. And so then you're stuck. Like, okay, what do I do? You yeah. just ignore them and, and you go on.
0: And the kid, and, the kids, you know, are torn between grandma, and grandpa sitting over here, and you sitting over here, and Okay, I'm gonna go sit with them for a little bit and right, you know, and luckily now on my side, it wasn't like that when it first started, but now on my side, we all sit together. You know, he may sit on this side of the group and me on this side of the group, but we all can sit together now.
2: So important.
0: Yeah, awesome. and we do it for the kids.
2: For the kids
0: as yeah. it should be. Yeah,
1: as it should be.
2: The manipulation and the crap that just kind of goes on behind the scenes is just insane. It's insane. So
1: like you just said, and I've experienced this with my daughters as well, as they get older, they realize that and you don't even have to, like we talked earlier about not trash talking the other parent it you don't even have to because they tell on themselves, they just got that wide open and your kids figure that out on their own, which is horrible. Of course, yep. none of us want our kids to hurt like that, but they see it. They figure it
2: out. Yep. They absolutely do.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, thank you for agreeing to do this. Thank you for your message and for sharing your story. And if ever there's anything that we can do for you, um, I mean, clearly you don't need our help on social media, but if you need (laughs) our help
1: with with the (laughs) male
0: perspective, you're doing fine. (laughs) But if you need our help with the male perspective, getting a message out there, anything that you need, don't hesitate to reach out to us and we'll collaborate with you. Anytime, definitely. Awesome. More we can Thank talk you. to the better. Yeah.
2: Well, likewise.
0: All right. Well, you have a wonderful night, Brian. Okay, you too. All right. We'll okay. talk to you soon. Okay. All right.
2: Bye. Bye.